So with Anthony A. DiMaria, uh, Candy Valley is a docu-series. The one that we're talking about right now is uh, Savage. It's about the restaurant kind of world in uh, in uh, the restaurant kind of scene in Phoenix, Arizona. And this is like, how many episodes have you done so far? Yeah, so uh, the second episode is uh, is Savage, and we're currently in post-production on episode three, and actually just had my first meeting this week as we plan uh, our fourth episode that we'll shoot later this fall. Okay, so it's Savage, right? That's how you pronounce it? It is, yeah, Savage. Savage, and what is that? is that? Is that a meaning of something? Does that mean something else in another culture, in another language? Yeah, so uh, I believe it means like wild grown. Um, and so it is very, it has the connotation of natural wine. So, you know, the, the, the establishment Sauvage, the wine bar that, that we cover in the documentary, um, it is all natural wine. So there's a lot of wines that are heavily processed. You know, we, we talk in the documentary about how you can legally have up to 200 ingredients in wine. And natural wine cuts all of that stuff out, and uh, they they grow the the grapes uh, at the very minimum organically, and they don't bring in any any outside you know substances. So you really get to taste kind of the weather patterns from year to year because the weather is going to influence the taste of the grape. And then when they harvest them during the fermentation process, it's just the natural yeast in the air. They don't add anything to it. And that's the wine that we get. So it's less of a consistent product. You know, it's going to taste different from year to year because of that. Um, But that's really what Sauvage speaks to is just kind of letting the plants be the plants and partaking in that process. So sometimes there's good years, sometimes there's not so good years, I guess, right? In terms of quality. Yeah, so really the the quality main is is pretty consistent, but the taste is going to be different. Right. As you know, you might get more rain one year, and so that's going to influence the flavor one way. Versus a drier year will influence the flavor a different way. So you know, you don't have the the necessarily the same flavor, but it's going to be good, and you get a different experience depending on yeah. on what year you got. I guess wine. by my quality, by it's subjective, of course, but I'm sure certain absolutely, yeah. Have- have more popularity than other years, I guess one would assume, right? Yeah, yeah. And it really comes down like it is that subjective quality. And what I what I really enjoyed in in diving into this story with Chris was, you know, he's really working to remove kind of the the gatekeeper aspect of wine. This, you know, that it's kind of a, a pretentious nature that can exist in the wine world around, you know, your palate isn't sophisticated enough. It really is like embrace the subjectivity of of your palate and drink what you like. You know, if you see a color that that is nice and vibrant, and you want to try it. Let's let's crack that bottle open and have a glass. So what was the first episode about? The first episode is about a uh, a kitchen and bar called Belly. And it's an Asian fusion restaurant um, that uh, that three gentlemen started. Uh, they all kind of came from a background of of music. And so. Uh, they they had worked together and played together, and then they they always worked at restaurants during um, you know while they were playing gigs and stuff, and or in between tours. And so they they decided to really just go for it uh, with with the restaurant business and started this Asian fusion restaurant that has just really incredible dishes that bring together a lot of different East Asia cuisines. Um, and really amazing cocktails that bring together that really complement the food. And so we did a deep dive into their story and we were able to time it out to where we got to cover them opening 
their second location. So we okay. got to cover the entire restaurant opening and kind of see where this their first location is pretty small. And now they have a second location that is really large and kind of the full realization of their vision for for Belly. And I heard like through the grapevine that that Phoenix is a good city for restaurants, like for food. There's like a it's a it's, a, it's got has a good reputation for food. It, it does. And that's that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this docuseries is because we don't feel like it gets enough credit yet. You know, it's you, you go to places, you know, like L.A. or New York or these other bigger yeah. spots and Phoenix's food scene especially downtown, like everywhere it seems like is like an owner operator establishment and very local, very ingrained in the community while also creating incredible dishes and beverages for people to enjoy. And so we really wanted to to shine a light on that and and hopefully encourage more and more people to, you know, set their sights on Phoenix as, as a destination spot for food and beverage for all the foodies out there. And uh, there's also like the, the reality TV shows of like restaurants, like the guy come, comes in and fixes the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it, and there's also the, the show The Bear, which is which, which was a huge hit. So it's like love we're, that we're, we're we're as a culture, as a, as, a, as a society, we're especially in the Western world, we're very interested in the in the restaurant business. We like we're we're fascinated by how it how it all kind of comes together, I guess, too, right? Absolutely. And I mean, that's something that really, really draws me into the food and beverage scene, right, is one of the oldest ways of getting to know someone and, you know, building a community is around the dinner table, you know, from the earliest days of of mankind, that's where moments are shared, that's where stories are shared, that's where you can really get to know someone and understand them. And when, especially when you have an owner operator establishment, there's a really personal touch there. It's not just about, you know, getting in and out fast service times. Yes, those things do matter. You need to create a great experience for people, but there's just this sense of community there of coming, partaking in something, learning something, being able to meet other people. And especially as it relates to Savage, they uh, they redid an old historical home in Phoenix to be able to make make this bar bar and restaurant and it is just such a such a homely vibe there it's like walking into someone's living room and sitting down and it permeates throughout the service you get there throughout the food throughout the the wines that they have and you really feel like you get to know chris and his entire team from from your time there and that's something that i i always love to experience in telling stories like this and so, and like, and like, it's, it's, and it's not easy, obviously, right. To run a restaurant, like the, the, you know, the lot, many of them unfortunately closed down and, and it's like, it's a real grind to kind of be, get a success, have a successful restaurant as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's funny because I, I, I have a lot of empathy for that, you know, being a filmmaker, it's very, it's a very similar type of thing where it's like, you're not in this to, to, to make a ton of money, right? Like you're in this because you can't help, but do anything except for this thing and trying to communicate your personal experience, like Chris's personal experience that he's had with wine, uh, natural wine and how it has changed his life. That's what he's trying to give a little slice of to everyone who walks through that door. It's the same way with film. You know, it's like, we're just trying to share these experiences, these moments, these feelings with other people. And hopefully they, you know, they, they are able to feel at least a little bit of what, what we're feeling when we're, we're out there telling the story and the passion behind why we're telling stories. So today, okay, so tell, talk, talk me through the, the making, cause you've done a few of these episodes, talk me through the making of it. So this particular episode, 
did you did you know them beforehand? Did you have a personal relationship with before uh, the 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 people you interviewed before the the filming started, or how did you kind of like like approach them to make the film? Yeah, so I'll take a step back to kind of how the whole docu series came about. Yeah. Um, I produced a film a few years ago, a narrative feature. We got into South by Southwest. It was a phenomenal experience. Um, but our our executive producer on that is very ingrained in the Phoenix Phoenix food and beverage scene, um, has been there for a long time and knows a lot of people. And so he and I have stayed in touch since since our film a few years ago. And he reached out to me and he he was talking about making like some mini docs, like some three to five minute things uh, to post on social media. And as we just kept talking about it, it was like, there's really an opportunity here to do something a little bit longer form and tell kind of the greater story of Phoenix and get away from it feeling like, you know, a three to five minute marketing video that the company would put on their page and actually learn their stories and really take a deep dive yeah. and almost have a fusion between some of those like food network shows where people go around and visit restaurants and try the dishes, a fusion between that and a little bit of chef's table where there's a little bit more production value in terms of how the dishes are are filmed and how we go about showcasing what environment they're, they're uh, partaking in. And so we we talked about it and he knew because he he's very plugged in in phoenix he knew the the gentleman who uh created belly and so that was our our first one and then with savage uh he he had known chris for a little bit and um he he suggested it for episode two and so from there uh I interviewed Chris, talked with him, kind of learned what what is this story? Is this a compelling story? You know, what what are the kind of kind of nuts and bolts of of Chris, who he is, what Savage is, where they're going? And uh, I was very, very uh, taken aback at just the passion behind um, behind Chris's approach to running a, a wine bar and why he wanted to turn Savage used to be just a bottle shop is in a small, small, like single container uh at a, in an area in downtown phoenix called the churchill and he wanted to turn that into a place where a, a community could gather and it really hit all the points that we we really want to show with this docuseries of the the food and beverage scene in phoenix and how communal it is and how many people there work together uh and it's less about you know the competition of beating someone out and having a better spot than them and more about there's a place for all of us here and bring something new to the scene and something unique so you know on tuesday night you can hit belly on wednesday night you can go over to savage and have a great glass of wine and listen to some great analog dj music and uh there's a place for all of it and it really embodied kind of the the spirit of phoenix that that i saw in the decade that i lived there um and that our executive producer chucky uh has has experienced for quite a while yeah and it, like all these elements help the the city out and like make it a scene, make it a give the vibe that that it created a whole new vibe, I guess, right? Like all these, like that's sort of what you're doing. Like here you're showcasing these little elements of the city. And then yeah. they all kind of create the the aura of what it is, what it's about, I guess. Absolutely. They all kind of come together to form, you know, th this mural of Phoenix that has different different feelings and different vibes. And there's a place for for everyone there. And it doesn't have to be just one thing. And it's not chains. And like when you go downtown, every other store in Phoenix, every other uh, restaurant, bar, 
is its own thing. And, you know, it, there's a, you can find your place there. You know, it might not be, you know, Savage one night, but, you know, a couple nights later, they might be the perfect vibe because of the DJ they have spinning or a certain menu that they're serving. Um, and so it really is kind of creating the entire person, really showcasing the variety of personality uh, and, and culture that exists in the Phoenix area. In, in, in this film, like this is the only film I've seen, but everybody's very young, like uh, you're young and like, but everybody seems to be in their 30s, late 20s or like like 30s and or at least they appear to be. Maybe it's the sun and the heat and the desert, but <laughs> that makes them look young. But they're like, there's this young vibe happening, like they're they're changing, kind of changing the culture. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it really is a newer generation. I started college in Phoenix when uh, it was 2012 and there was really nothing downtown, a couple spots, but people didn't go downtown. That's not yeah. where you ever went out on the weekends. That's not where you, there was just no reason to go down there unless you're going to a baseball game, you know, and really over the last 10, 15 years, uh, these a lot of people came to Phoenix, Arizona you know, thinking, oh, I'll hit culinary school and then go somewhere else. Or, you know, I'll do this for a little while and then I'll go somewhere else. And it everyone just kept kind of sticking around out there and they all kind of stuck around together out there. And then the homegrown people, you know, kind of connected with them and they've all built up together in their own way. But, you know, in in, in a parallel way. And then it started those paths started to cross and they started to be able to, you know, collaborate and work together. And it really is a lot of a lot of younger people. You know, there's still the people who have been there for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, and and there's still a place for them. It's by no means only for young people, but it is really, really cool to see kind of the the younger generation, the millennial generation really changing what the perception of the Phoenix food and beverage scene is. So tell me about your uh did you did you conduct the you're the one who conducted the interviews with everybody? I did, yeah. So tell me about your interview kind of style setup like in terms of like what is because you got some good you got some good content like what is what, do you have like a sorry I know I know you have a list of questions but what is your kind of uh style like what do you try to do like kind of get to get them comfortable and in, in the talk yeah so I I try to schedule the interviews early on in the shoot and I also try to make sure that the people I'm interviewing I at least have some communication with them beforehand sometimes it that doesn't work out but I try to have at least you know a foundation for our relationship. And then as we're setting up on the day of the interviews, uh, I like to take an hour or two for setup just so I can work with uh, the interviewees because um, we, we we like to shoot in their establishment while, you know, before, before open hours. Um, and I try to just take that time to build a very personal connection with them. So by the time we sit in those chairs, it's just us having a conversation. And I send them the questions ahead of time so they kind of see the overall topics that I want to discuss. But I really try to make it like if 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 I was just coming in here for a glass of wine, what does that conversation look like? What do I want to know about this spot, about this person? And see where the conversation goes from there. See what's interesting to them. I don't want to ever try to come in with preconceived notions about what I want the story to be. Um, you know, we do a pre-interview process. So I have a good idea, general idea of kind of the overall peaks and valleys and everything that I do want to get to, but I don't ever want to come in and try to force something to happen. If something that was mentioned in the pre-interview process caught my eye, but when we're sitting there, they, they're not really talking about it. It wasn't, you know, it was just something that they said offhand at, at that moment. I'm not going to 
I'm not going to, you know, try, try to get that out of them. I love to just sit down, connect with people and have a conversation and sharing that story with them and just be curious, be curious about who they are as a person. First of all, I want to know who someone is, uh, you know, because beyond, beyond the shop, beyond the wine and everything, they're, they're a human. And I want to understand that. And then I want to understand how, how their shop and, or their restaurant, uh, kind of reflects their personality and take a deeper dive into that. And so what did you think? To, so you did the, you were, you were the editor of the film as well, right? Like you, I was, yeah. So you just took, you just took, took the guy, like you have, you have a certain structure. I guess you're creating a structure with all the episodes. Of course they're different, but then you're like, there's a certain kind of idea that you have, right? Like that there's a familiarity with each episode. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like, what what I like to do is once we're done with with the interviews, I just jot down notes of like some of the bigger points of like this is what stuck out to me in the conversation of me in this moment. These are some some bigger points I took from 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 whoever I'm talking to. I like to jot down those notes. And then once we wrap and I am finally able to get back into the edit bay and go through everything, that's where I kind of cross reference my notes and then I'll just watch through the entire interview by itself to see what's what sticks out to me this time and start to find those moments where you know in sitting there and talking with someone for so long you start to pick up on some of the nuances and intricacies of things they're super excited about and chris is uh with savage chris is a very laid-back guy so he doesn't have big emotions but you start to pick up on you know these little cues of oh he was really excited about that or this moment meant a lot to him and so picking up on that body language and then figuring out like okay here are the big moments of his life and his experience and what he values in the phoenix community and then figuring out with the other interviews where those intersections are and how to really paint that picture for the audience so they feel like you know obviously they're not there but you know they they feel like they they can almost they, like they've almost sat in that room and and heard that story and and had a glass of wine there 100% yeah and you accomplished that task as well so I appreciate you, that. you send the audience to you and the audience feedback what did you think about what they had to say about your film Oh, it was wonderful. It's, you know, it's always nerve wracking, right? Like people are watching my stuff. Like that's always, that's always something for me as a filmmaker where it's like, I'm getting better at showing my, 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 uh, my work to people, but it's always a nerve wracking experience. And you never know, you know, how someone's going to perceive something one way that you thought was, you know, so different uh, in your head, but it was really wonderful because so many of the things that were said, um, were were points that we really wanted to hit about just the education aspect of wine that was something that was really important uh for this one uh our first episode belly it's a restaurant people are very familiar with how restaurants work so you know there wasn't necessarily an educational aspect it was more about these guys stories how they came to be what goes into creating a dish things like that but with natural wine it's still a very new thing. And so just hearing from the audience that, you know, they they learned stuff about natural wine and they felt like, you know, they, a, a couple of them said, you know, like, oh, that like that's a place that I could see myself visiting. Like that's that's what I, I want people to take away from it of I want people to to watch the documentary and be be excited that, you know, next time they're in Phoenix, that's going to be on their list because because of this, because they want to experience that community and that vibe that that Chris has brought to the Phoenix area or even go to Phoenix. Right. Like, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Make, make it make it a destination spot. It's uh, it, it's a great place to visit when it's not summer. Um, and uh, but for about <laughs> seven or eight months out of the year, it's one of the best places in the world to be. 
Like how hot is the how hot does it get in the summertime? Oh man, it is brutal. So uh, thankfully, I you know I'm in Los Angeles now, but this summer they had 30 straight days of over 110 degrees Fahrenheit, and it was I was like, all right, that makes 95 out here feel a so lot. You can't even go better. outside, right? No, like, no, they had warnings of like it, if be careful outside because the asphalt is reaching boiling temperatures, like <laughs> just absolutely absurd stuff. There have been times in the past where the uh the the runways at the at the airport uh they had to shut the airport down because the runways were starting to melt and were too soft for the planes to land and take off on so it is it is an absolute brutal brutal heat in the summer but it, i cannot recommend phoenix enough once you hit october like october through april go visit and just have the time of your life there's so many things to do out there but kids like during the summertime they can't like they can't do, like do certain activities and stuff. Like they can't, they can't play baseball or. No, nah, it's all inside. It's all inside stuff. <laughs> yeah. You jump from AC to AC. <laughs> well, that's why I guess that's why the, 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 your baseball team, they, the Diamondbacks, they play in the dome, I guess. Right. So. Yep. They do. They do. Thankfully. That's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that's hot. We're like, we're like, we have a, I'm in, I'm in Toronto right now and it's very hot, but it's like nothing like Phoenix, I guess. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like we had a heat wave uh, here in LA uh, a couple of weeks ago and it was, people are like, can you believe like it, it's going to hit like a hundred? I'm like, I know it does feel hot, but I, at this point, like anything under, under one Oh five, I'm pretty much good with. <laughs> well, I'm in LA all, all the time. And it's like, I don't, it doesn't, for me, it, it doesn't matter if it's January or June. It seems like the, the weather is exactly the same temperature every single time I come. It, it's pretty darn consistent out yeah. here. There's something freaky about it actually. Yeah. It's like all like, it's either like sixties to eighties or like fifties to seventies. And yeah. that's that <laughs> it never rains. It's always clear. It's like, it's like free. Yeah. At least for me, I've been there like, you know, like, in the in the dozens, let's put it this way, I'll probably a hundred times. It's like it's yeah. still like it's still the same. But yeah. All right, man. Well, congratulations. I know you're doing all kinds of other projects and you're doing this this series. I wish you the best of luck with this series. We're all we'll always show it. I think it's a fantastic film. You're you're a very you. uh, talented filmmaker and you're just starting your career. You're just like you're just in the beginning stages as well. Yeah, no, I appreciate that so much. I appreciate what you guys do for the filmmakers and the platform that you give us like like this to come and talk about it. It really does mean a lot. And it, this has been such a great experience. And I'm excited to uh, hopefully get some more films sent your way in the next couple of years. Yeah, and we'll talk for sure. Like we're all like I said, we're always here. So I hope to talk to you. Talk to you very soon. Definitely. Let's make it happen. Thanks, Thanks so man. much. One, two, three, four, five, six.